airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry V is over in Studio CC. We appreciate mm-hmm. her as well. Um, today's show, This Fall, The Children. Mm. This Fall, The Children. Or our future. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Or our future? What? I believe um, the children. Well, there are people who do believe that. <laughs> yes, we yes. We should believe that and as Christians, actually, right? No, you're right. You're right. They we are just don't too. act on it. Mm-hmm. I think we believe it. We just don't act on it <laughs> as Christians. As well. There are people who they are our present right now. <laughs> right now, they should be trained and they should be raised up for the glory of God, um, and not just you know sitting idly by eating goldfish and drinking and you know apple juice. No, <laughs> knock to either of those things. They're delicious. Um, but that's not all there is to to rearing children uh, and training them to fear the Lord and uh, to stand boldly in their generation. Right. Mm-hmm. But no, this fall, um, the children, that's our topic of discussion today. Uh, we started out the week, I want to say, talking about how and, and, and just my thoughts were, you know, I hope that I'm wrong about this, but I expect that our schools are going to be dramatically different when kids return to the public school system. Oh, yeah. This fall. Yeah. In and a lot of ways. <laughs> in many, many ways, Will. I mean, you're so right about that, you know, and, and so I, I was thinking about this and. You know, I often think when I when I come back from, you know, a discussion, I go, man, was it David Crowder? Was it just too hot coming out <laughs> like it was too strong or, you know, because you, you don't want to um, you don't want to unnecessarily worry people. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you don't want to ignore the signs and, and the writing on the wall, so to speak. And one of the things that I was thinking about was I really anticipate that our kids will be bullied into submission. Christian kids. When I say our kids, I mean Christian kids, just so that people understand what we're talking about. I think that Christian kids are going to be bullied into submission as it as it pertains to the public school system, um, that you have to accept current philosophies, mm-hmm. current philosophical talking points. And I think that for Christian kids, they will find that if they get shoved around a little bit, you know, if they get threatened a little bit, they're not going to come under the protection that you would expect. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That it's because it, it will be that. Well, what did you say? Yeah. Or what did you do? You know, in other words, did you bring this on yourself? Do you deserve to be bullied a little bit? Do you deserve to be kind of knocked around a little bit? And my whole premise for that was that the language of the woke is necessarily um, or necessarily leads to violence. That's just the only way that you can have a conversation that's not rooted in intellect, that's not rooted in reason, um, and expect some measure of success. You got to just like you got to bully people. You got to make them say what you want them to say because, you know, emotion. (laughs) Right. So, um I came across an article yesterday that was uh, written by, um, let's see, let me let me get the, the name of the, the writer here, Kelvin Freeberger for LifeSite News. Came across this article yesterday, and I thought, whoa, you know, I wish I had come across this article sooner because it would have been better to go in the proper order 
to actually have the facts where you say, here is the curriculum that is actually being rolled out um, that I think will sort of propel our public school system toward uh, what I think will become normalized sort of say what I told you to say for your own safety so that you can go along to get along. This is going to be the, the latest or most recent iteration of bullying that kids will see. All right. And everybody's going to have to say the same thing. So I was doing a little bit of digging and what I wanted to refer to just sort of as a backdrop before we get into this today, because again, my concern is for the body of Christ point blank. Like I'm not here to carry water for anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want (laughs) to, I want to pick up my cross and I want to carry it daily. Right. I don't want to just model something (laughs) with gold and silver. You know, (laughs) I I really want, and I want to be prepared to plant it at any moment and get on it and die. Like I, and, and I say that because I want that to be as normal as breathing for me. I don't want it to be something where it's like, Oh, I don't know what it's like to sacrifice or I want everybody to like me. I'm, you know, we, we have to understand We're not going to be like, we are the minorities. Bible-believing Christians are the minorities in the United States of America. And I know that that is jolting. But the quicker we realize that and operate according to that knowledge, right, the the more successful we'll be. Let us win laurels. Let us us make gains for the kingdom, okay? And and, and not constantly, as you say, we'll take the L all the time. Like, let us, you know. All the time. Let us be tired of losing when we have been, in fact, set up to win. Amen. And so, so anyways, um. My concern is for the body of Christ. My concern, I know we personally homeschool our kids. Mm -hmm. I know that not every Christian is doing that. So one of the things that I want to do is equip parents to whatever it is that the Lord is calling you to, however he is stirring your heart. Mm -hmm. I want you to have the information available so that you can make the best possible decision, right? So that we're not kind of going in blind. That's, that's what we do in our activism work here at the AFA. Like we, we say, Hey, did you know this is happening? Now it's up to you. How are you going to respond? You, did you know that this is in the content that your kids are consuming? Did you, all of these things. It's not to tell you what to do, but it is to say, hey, this is a thing. Now what will you do? Right? Like how, how will you respond? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this fall, again, I uh, want to turn my attention back to kids and what I believe <laughs> will be. Um, and, and we alluded to this a few days ago. Um, indoctrination of kids, uh, the newest iteration of indoctrination. But before I do that, I want to refer to, I've mentioned his name here before, but there are a few quotes that uh, I was reminded of in preparation for today's show that came from a presentation that I did last year on critical race theory and the roots of it. And, you know, it coming out of Marxist thought and all of that is going to come full circle today. I hope that by the end of the show, you hear that even though it's difficult to conceptualize Marxism and the ultimate goals of that, and those words seem like it, it, it just seems like it doesn't make sense. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about Marxism and communism and all that stuff. I can just I can tell you, even though you don't know how to necessarily define those words, um, what is on full display in our country is a violent shift toward it. Let me just tell you that. Mm. So if you if you don't even really know what Marxism, communism, socialism, if you don't if you don't understand the progression of those things. OK. Um, just know that we are headed at breakneck speed towards Marxism. And, and this is by design. It's not an accident. This is exactly what's supposed to be happening. But I was reminded of Antonio Gramsci, who was uh, he was an Italian Marxist, cultural Marxist, who was upset that you didn't have this war of the classes. That was the original anticipation and the hope of the classical Marxists. And Antonio Gramsci was among those Marxist thinkers, uh, writers, philosophers, if you will, who believed that you had to create um, you had to create cultural warfare, 
not just class warfare, right? You had to have a perpetual underclass. You had to be able to identify that there was a dominant culture. He called it the hegemony. Mm. You had to have a dominant culture that you have to rebel against, right? One of the things that Antonio Gramsci is credited with is his prison notebooks. He he wrote these these a series of notebooks from 1929 to 1935. And in Antonio uh prison notebooks, uh, there's a lot to be learned about where Marxist thought wants to go with its sights uh, set on institutions, with its sights set on uh, religious conviction, and ultimately the United States of America. And I want to read to you just a couple quotes here, maybe three quotes here, um, and then what we talk about today will make sense. And, and man, I'm I'm trying so hard here not to be overly academic because I want the body of Christ to understand this, right? I don't, it does not impress me to be wowed by a bunch of information. I want to make connections for people. I want you to understand where this is ultimately going. So bear with me at the points where this seems academic, but pray and ask the Holy spirit to show you what the desire is for your children and for your grandchildren, because ultimately Because ultimately, that is where I believe that it is going, right? And so while we get caught up in a lot of different affairs, um, our children are left unattended, (laughs) all right? And and they become our enemies. Mm -hmm. And if I can just say, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing generations from the church. I'm tired of watching. um, I'm tired of watching the church hemorrhage. Yeah. And so what I'm what I'm hoping that will happen today is that parents and grandparents will be stirred. Amen. And that will no longer be business as usual that Amen. we will say, okay, what do we have to do yes. to preserve the next generation of the church? This is the part of the shaking that this needs to happen. This is it. In, this in is it. Um, because you at some point you gotta be tired that you wake up in the morning to a kid who goes out of your house to a march that you would not approve of. At some point, you got to be tired that your kid becomes your enemy. And you're like, man, what if, have I become your enemy? I I tell you the truth and now I'm your enemy, right? Mm. Some point you got to be tired. So listen to this. Here we go. This is um, some quotes from Antonio Gramsci's um, prison notebooks, right? Uh, Quote, and, and this one is probably one of the most popular. People would be familiar with this. Antonio Gramsci writing in his prison notebooks, the civilized world, has been thoroughly saturated with Christianity for 2,000 years. Any country grounded in Judeo-Christian values cannot therefore be overthrown until the roots are cut. Mm. But to cut the roots, to change culture, a long march through the institutions Mm. is necessary. Only then will power fall into our laps like ripened fruit. (laughs) This is what I mean when I'm often referring to this long march. Mm -hmm. And when you want to talk about the institutions, you have to go back a little bit further and you have to look at. So what were the classical Marxists who made this shift to to toppling culture? Mm -hmm. What are the institutions that they were looking at? They were looking at the family. They were looking at the church. They were looking at government. They were looking at universities. And number five, ultimately, they were looking at the idea of America as an institution that has to be toppled. Okay, so now, again, back to Gramsci, this long march has to be made through these institutions (laughs) where you weaken them. All right. Here's another quote from him. Gramsci, again, in his own words, 
Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, Mm -hmm. universities, churches, and the media by transforming the consciousness of society. Now, if this, if we were not already experiencing this, we would say, oh, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> That's never going to happen. It's, oh, happening it's happening right, right now. Right now. We're in the we, midst of that. Right now. We're in the midst of it. Let me read it to you again. Wow. From his prison notebooks, from the prison where he suffered with these violent migraines, you know, and he would bang his head against the wall. I mean, this man was tormented, mm. right? But you can see that, you know, part of the torment is, is the result of is, is the is reflected in these books. Right. I'm, I'm talking about demonic inspiration yeah, here. That's exactly right? what it is. Yep. Demonic inspiration. Again, socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity and the new order. Socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture. Please highlight this in your mind. Mm. Socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media by transforming the consciousness of society. One more quote here. Listen, one more quote from Antonio Gramsci in his prison notebooks. Before puberty, the child's personality has not yet formed and it is easier to guide its life and make it acquire specific habits of order, discipline and work. Mm. In other words, you don't recognize that your kid is a blank slate, but we do. <laughs> we understand that before your kid hits puberty, we've got to be all in for shaping that kid, how that kid thinks, what that kid's habits are that kid's discipline or lack thereof. All of these things are by design. So when we say this fall, the children, and what I want to point out to you is that there are already schools that are adopting. And I didn't know this earlier in the week. There are already schools that are adopting a curriculum this fall that includes Black Lives Matter indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter the founders who admitted that they are trained Marxist organizers. This is coming to a school near you. All right, we'll grab the break and and we'll be right back. Stay close. American Family Radio, we appreciate you spending an hour with us each day and allowing us to talk about the issues of the day Mm -hmm. um, through an unapologetic biblical lens. Um, Mm. We just are not ashamed to be affiliated with Christ first and foremost. We believe that he is truly our only hope. And um, every day that we're on, hopefully you are stirred and you are encouraged in the same way. I'm Miki. 
and I'm willing as Darius Polk with strong name. So this fall, the children, Mm -hmm. this fall, the children, we have seen incremental changes and I would even say gains as it pertains to our public school system and small changes over time. People don't even notice they squawk for a little bit, you know, and (laughs) and then kind of get back to business as usual, say, well, we can't change it. We can't do anything. We don't like this, but, you know, it's going to do what it's going to do. And I'm hoping to stir parents. I'm hoping to stir grandparents to have real tough conversations to say, are we tired of losing? Are we tired of giving up the next generation? And each generation giving up just a, a few people. So mm-hmm. a few people here, a few people there, um, and saying in, in exchange for, well, this is what we've always done. <laughs> this is because that's what ultimately it turns out to be. It's like, well, this is what we've always done. You know, and people look at us and we say, they say, you know, you cannot um, shield your kids from the world. <clears throat> That is a defeatist statement, if ever there was one. And the attempt is not to shield your kids from the world. The the attempt is for the glory of God to train and equip your kids so that they can go out into the world. Amen. Go That's out it. into the world. Amen. The wicked understand this. Yes. <laughs> they understand this while Christians make excuses. The wicked make plans and they carry them out. Christians are sitting back talking about all the reasons why, well, we can't do that. There's just no time and nobody who expects that there's going to be any actual results from doing that. The wicked, the wicked expect that there are going to be actual results from their investment in your children, which is why they do it. And, and let's just work through this. So here is the article from LifeSite News um, headline. Uh, Black Lives Matter, excuse me, Black Lives Matter propaganda takes over public schools across the country. Um, (laughs) Black Lives Matter movement has now set its sights. I'm reading from this article has now set its sights on public schools with custom lesson plans to transmit its views of the world to impressionable captive audiences. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to? And I'm going to toggle between this uh, this afternoon. I'm going to toggle between like four different articles here because all four of them give a little bit more information. We've got a couple of clips we want you to hear. I think it's so important whenever we can to hear from these people in their own words. Um, but it's so important for us to try to get a big picture of what is going on, what we're really like, understand the beast yeah. <laughs> that we're dealing with, right? That we're combating. So here we go. Uh, so the Federalists highlighted one such lesson plan in detail currently being used in Wake County, North Carolina, Wake County uh, Public School System's Office of Equity Affairs developed a website full of, quote, racial equality resources for educators and staff, which calls on teachers to, quote, support efforts that oppose racism and oppression and directly engage in advocacy work. Now, listen, you when you listen to that or you read that on the surface, you think, well, no, we don't want we don't want racism. We don't. Right. So these things all sound good. Let me tell you something. The wording, the sentiment, the emotional pull, these things are all by design. It's designed to be a type of framework that is palatable to the average reader. Mm. All right. To, To the average listener. It's designed to be palatable. This is so innocuous. Like this isn't gonna hurt anybody. Miki, why are you doing a show on this? Well, stay with me. Quote. The importance of addressing race and racism with our students cannot be overstated, the page declares. Today, it is important to shelter students. I'm sorry. Today, it is impossible (laughs) to shelter students from the collateral consequences of the well-publicized killings of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, 
uh, George Floyd and many others before them. And to be sure, students shouldn't be sequestered from the realities in which they will live, grow and leave. In other words, <laughs> we're going to make sure that your kids are woke. Man, we're going to keep exactly these images, these names and these phrases <laughs> in front goodness. of your kids so that they will quote another phrase you hear coming from. Say their names. Right now. Listen on. And I want people to understand me here. It is not wrong to care about human dignity. That's right. But please understand that human dignity and partiality, as we would describe it biblically, Mm -hmm. those are the Trojan horses of this movement. Mm. So you bring that into the gate, or in this case, you bring that into the classroom, and what comes out of the horse is Marxism, the toppling Mm. of America. America at its core is bad. Oh, what are you learning in church? That there is one race? No, let me just tell you this. There's a superior race, and, and, and guys, you know, when if 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 you want to man if you want to talk about quote unquote racism what is being batted about today is um a new type of racism if you want to call it that and and I hate that we have to get caught up in using their terms and we don't have to mm-hmm. but I want you to understand what is being communicated today what is being communicated today is that there is a certain group of people that must be subjugated for us to move on in unity and peace and one worldness. Right. And those people can only be a part of us moving forward. Once they admit and confess that they are uh, irreparably flawed. Okay. So that, so you don't win. And I, I, I was saying for a while here, it's like the Salem witch trials. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> It's like you can't win. Right. There's there's no way to really win. But this is coming to a school near you this fall. The children this fall, the children back to this article from LifeSite <laughs> News, the collection talking about this curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the collection includes links to articles about how teachers can, quote, develop the skills to speak up about prejudice, bias and stereotypes, in quote, and, quote, help their students find the courage to speak up too. end <laughs> quote. Great little activists. You're gonna create little activists. Yeah. They're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna create tiny little Marxists, <laughs> all right, who don't even understand the roots or the origin of the philosophies that they are being fed, but they will adopt those philosophies. Why? Because eight hours, five times a week, compared to one hour, maybe if they let us, if you agree to put on your mask, maybe. Maybe where where is that? That's not even a fair fight. Eight hours a day of indoctrination compared to maybe one hour and a half. Maybe if we can get all of our churches to agree that they're essential, if the Mm. churches will agree that they're essential, maybe, maybe. Where's the fight? Where? where? All right. So. Back to this article. The curriculum would help students work through uh, the recent civil unrest by creating opportunity and space um, for them to be heard. (laughs) It would include links to resources on talking to children about race, examples, social movement, music. Social tips on social movement, music tips on how teachers can be allies and racial equity, starting with the recognition of one's own privilege and more. Wow. 
Wow. A section on terminology describes BLM as a movement emphasizing basic human rights and racial equality for black people and campaigning against various forms of racism and invokes hands up, don't shoot as a rallying cry. Mm, Which was a lie. (laughs) Wow. Eric Holder said his Justice Department said it was a lie. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. He said Michael Brown was the aggressor. Michael Brown was the one who was charging at Darren Wilson. But 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 that's going to be a part of your kids curriculum. Man, see. Are they going to hands <laughs> up, don't shoot. Now, listen, I, th- my position, my personal position is that a world in rebellion against God is ill-equipped to teach diversity, to teach multiculturalism, um, to, to teach uh, what it what it is to be partial. And what that God requires impartiality as it pertains to us re- relating to one another. This world cannot. They may think they can, but I, I'll let me just speak. Let me speak for myself here. You can't teach my kids that. Right. You don't have my permission to teach <laughs> no, my kids that. No. And we more, don't trust look, you. And more parents should be speaking. I said, you don't have permission to teach my kids this. Like that's that should what, be an uprising would hope. about this. Yes. That's that's what I would hope would be the case. But as it is, we don't see that. We just see this sort of wringing of the hands where people are like, well, what do we, I mean? We can't. What are we going to do? We don't know. I mean, we can't we can't protect him from everything. I man, when, if some, you know, when we, man, if I could just, you know, when people say things to me like that, like steam comes out of my ears. You can't see it, but it happens. Steam comes out of my ears. and People say we can't protect him from everything. What kind of defense is that? for caring for the children that have been entrusted to you. What kind of what kind of what kind of excuse is that to not do it? <laughs> well, I can't protect them from everything. That's ridiculous, man. That mm. is that is that's some of the weakest stuff I've heard come from Christians. Uh, they're going to they're going to see some stuff. They're going to they're going to be exposed to some stuff. Yeah, that, but that, this is not about exposure. And you're right. That's weak. And I and as we're putting this information out there, there's something that you can do. These are your children. You know, you 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 have the power to be able to speak up and say, no, I don't want this taught. Like, yes, you know, you have to. Like, wh- what is it going to take before it's like, OK, that's enough. Like yeah. we've been talking about things over and over and different things coming down the pipe. It's mm-hmm. like, when is it that we're going to shake ourselves as Christians and say, that's enough. That's enough. So let me tell you, let me tell you, somebody listening to us right now, Will, they would say they would say that we ha- we hate ourselves depending on um, where, where they are. Right. How they have been informed. They would say that we hate ourselves, that we don't want Black Lives Matter curriculum in public schools. Well, no, we understand what Black Lives Matter is, right. which is why every time I refer to it, I am not dumb enough to say, oh, but the sentiment. No, because I understand that this is conditioning. I right. understand that this is use our terminology, uh, increase our effect. OK, increase our, our legitimacy, legitimize us by saying our name all the time. But I understand the roots and the origin of this organization. I understand the goals and objectives and where they hope to go. We played the clip before where you have Patrice Colors. Uh, saying in her own words that these these three women, that they are trained Marxists. In fact, Patrice colors herself for a decade, for a decade, okay, trained under Eric Mann. We're going to get into who he is, but first I want you to hear a couple of clips, and I, I know we're headed to the break, Will, so you just let me mm-hmm. know how much time we have. Okay. But in 2018, Patrice Cullors had a book out, a new book at the time, uh, When They Call You a Terrorist, 
which that's what they are. <laughs> you know, so she's she's responding. She's trained by a terrorist. All right. She is trained. She is trained by a terrorist. All right. And we'll we'll get into that. But she was interviewed on Democracy Now, where you can hear in her own words, this first clip you're gonna hear is um the question about the sort of how Black Lives Matter gets organized and, and, and the outcome of it and all of these things. But what ultimately I want you to hear is the 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 exchange that they share over who she trained under one Eric Mann. Then we'll come back and talk about who he is. This is clip one. Were you surprised by the enormous uh, reaction uh, uh, as you began to develop the uh, the Black Lives Matter uh uh, th theme and uh, and also talk about the strategy. You mentioned you had come out of the strategy center. What was the strategy center? Well, I was, I'm a trained organizer, mm -hmm. and so I think sometimes people think that because Black Lives Matter is the biggest thing, um, that that's the first thing I ever did, <laughs> and it's not. I um, was trained uh, knocking on doors, you know, getting on um, buses and passing out flyers and getting people to join organizations. The Labor Community Strategy Center is my first political home. It's where I would um, be a part of what is, it's famous for, which is the Bus Riders Union. Started by an old friend of mine, Eric Mann. Yes, Eric right? Mann, that's my mentor. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that happened. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Eric Mann, that's my mentor. That's who is Eric Mann? An old friend of mine. And they're, and they're all sharing this laugh, and they're, and they're all learning this. Okay, mm -hmm. so Eric Mann, who mentored Colors for over a decade, in a community, as, as a community organizer, okay? Mm -hmm. They trained her within the context of a community organization to be a community organizer. He himself was a member of that militant group, the Weather Underground. You remember, ah. you've seen the documentaries. I've seen the documentaries. Yeah. You remember the group that mm -hmm. terrorized organizations, that bombed police stations. You remember those? Yeah. Does, that, does that sound familiar to what we've seen happening in cities across this country? Mm. The mayhem, the bombing of stores, the, the setting of a, a fire of stores, the, the going in and the terrorizing these neighborhoods, all under the guise of Black Lives Matter. But no, the, the end result because when there was a there was a decision that was made by the members of the weather underground originally they were the students for a democratic society the students for a democratic society and and they were a big deal in this country in the 60s and 70s obviously that's before my time but I can number one read and number two watch <laughs> documentaries right and so it's amazing to see when when you start to read this stuff and you go wait a minute I remember seeing a documentary on these people who at the time, to me, looked like disgruntled white people blowing stuff up. Like, what are they doing? Like, what's going on? But this, these people, these are, this is the root. This is the foundation that Patrice Cullors is standing on. So I want you to listen again in this same interview. And this entire interview is worth watching. I, I can is this going to be too long? Okay, well, we'll do it as soon as we come back. Okay. You, you, you better believe it. We're going to do it. Because you need to hear. One of the things that she says is don't, and my words here, don't get it twisted. We have goals and objectives. We have a philosophical framework that we're working within. But she says what they tried to do basically was build an organization that many, many black people could get around. Mm. Could could get behind it, could get fuel to it. So in order to do that, you can't just come out of the gate as like you know Karl Marx. <laughs> you, 
you can't just come out of the gate like Gramsci. Right. You right. gotta you gotta have something that people will actually sink their teeth into. And this is a curriculum coming to your school, your kids' school, this fall. Man. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Yeah. Danger, giants, battle is my story. But alone, I won't know. That's my glory. Shadows, you cannot hide me. Uh, my king will fight. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Man, I might lose hope if I didn't know that. <laughs> if I didn't if I didn't understand what was going on that we are fighting, we are in this is a spiritual battle, but that we are on the right side. We Amen. are on the winning side, right? Amen. The God of angel armies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. If I didn't understand that, I might lose hope. It might be time to just pack it up and be like, okay, that's it. It's over. <laughs> but no, it's not over. This not is over. our moment, guys. This right is now. this is the opportunity for the church, right? Plant your feet. Stand flat-footed. Don't be lazy. Don't mm. just let, well, we know, it just. I mean, it's just the way it's going. But what is it that God is calling you to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, this may be the way that it's going, but what about if in every generation where the quote-unquote way that it was going, all right, just went by and there were people who were raised up, who were installed in that generation, if they just had the same reaction, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> that's just the way it was going, you know. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You know, I mean, we've yeah. we've always had threats and attacks on the church. But what's been different is that people cared. That's right. You know, people cared. Right. Yeah. And so so Amen. faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, like stood between wickedness in the church. And That's they were right. like, nope, <laughs> no, nope, not on my watch. That's right. But today we're just kind of like, well, you know, anyway, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's <laughs> on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will Knows KB with Armies. This fall, the children, BLM gets a curriculum, um, probably going to be at a school near you. Um, probably your kids are going to be indoctrinated and come home little Marxist. I don't want to <laughs> oversimplify that. That's <laughs> what I anticipate happening. I believe that they're going to be bullied either physically or emotionally, okay, certainly psychologically. Um, they are going to be fed um, ideologies that are antithet- antithetical to the gospel, mm-hmm. and they're going to come home and they're going to challenge you. That's what's going to happen. And you're going to wonder, why are we losing them? As Ken Ham said 10 years ago in his book, honey, they're already gone. Hmm. They're already gone. They're just waiting for the opportunity to show what they actually feel about you and your your household and, and all of the inconsistencies that they see. It doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. We're talking about BLM, talking about this curriculum, and it's so important for you to understand that I care about life. I care about human life. Mm-hmm. I care about human life, but you're not going to catch me saying black lives matter and then qualifying that by saying all lives matter. I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) we already discussed how you almost had us. Okay. But you will not have us. This is not some random 
organization of people who are outraged over the treatment of black people in America. It may have started out with, okay, man, this person has this. Well, actually, we have the piece. Let me let you hear it because this is, again, from the 2018 interview that uh, Patrice Cullors did on uh, Democracy Now!, where she talks about how Black Lives Matter came together. And what I want you to specifically listen for is that it is a political platform. It is a political ideology. It is not a sentiment. I want people to understand that, and I want you to hear it. This is clip two. I did. I'd known Alicia for at least six years by the time we started um, Black Lives Matter. And uh, George Zimmerman had just been acquitted of Trayvon Martin's murder. And I was furious, and I was grief-stricken. And I went onto social media, as many of folks in our generation do, to go commiserate with the people that I love and know. And I found Alicia Garza's post, and she wrote a love note to black folks. And she closed that post off with Black Lives Matter. And I put a hashtag on it, and I said, we got to make this go viral, that those are the three words. And literally within the next 24 hours, her and I would be talking about a project that we wanted to create, and we were going to call it Black Lives Matter. Um, Opal Tometi called Alicia a few days later saying, I want in. I want to be a part of this. I wanted to help develop it. I want to build out the communications infrastructure so that it can go viral. Um, and that's the very beginning of Black Lives Matter. And it would um, become a phrase into a hashtag, evolve into a political platform, and evolve into what's now a global network and an organization with over 40 chapters worldwide. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing um, for, like, dealing with what's happening in America. <laughs> like, why you, why you need 40 chapters worldwide? to deal with what's happening in America because it's one ideological viewpoint and it affects the entire world. Like why? But nobody, but if we say that, then we hate people. You see, if you point that out, so it's a political platform, but, but why, like why a political platform? Even if you think of, okay, political platform just here in the United States, why do you have over 40 chapters worldwide? Like (laughs) why? Because, because one world, one viewpoint, one system of government, Marxism. You understand that? Because that's where we're going. We um, played a clip for you back in 2015 where Patrice Colors. Now, let me, I'm going to tell you something. There are moments, and I don't know that this is, this is actually so, but there are moments where I think people reveal things that if they could go back, they'd go, oh, man, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Um, however, if you strike at their pride, they start talking and saying things that it's like you kind of provoked them to reveal more information than they would have revealed. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how you, mm-hmm. you say something, you say, it's like, okay, I, I hate to admit that I do this sometimes. Okay, right. It, it's, <laughs> it's like dealing with my three-year-old, right? I, you know, I, oh, I, I say it to him, <laughs> I, it's horrible parenting, but there's grace at the cross. I say, you can't get that in there. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't. Because I know that that's going to provoke in him <laughs> the type of, oh, you're telling me I can't? I, I can. I know he's got, he's bent that way, right? <laughs> so I utilize that. You can't clean up this living room in two minutes. Oh, you can't do it in two minutes. Two minutes? I don't think so, right? <laughs> go fast. You can't run fast. All of these things, right? Because what are they, the kid is going to go faster. The kid is going to do more because they're trying to prove you wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So back in 2015, when Patrice Cullors was interviewed by a man named Jared Ball, and he was said he was told or he told her that it's been said that Black Lives Matters 
um, just our Black Lives Matter has no real aim and goals and objectives. Like, you know, the question to her was, what do you say to people who say, you know, this 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 movement is kind of just like they don't really know where they're going. That was the you can't clean up this living room in two minutes <laughs> because Patrice was like, oh, um, actually, we do have goals and objectives. Now, I think to go back, maybe not. She maybe she wouldn't reveal so much of this. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I she could might be wrong. not maybe say that today. <laughs> maybe, right, because because notice today here this was in 2015. Right in 2018, she said we're trained organizers. Mm-hmm. In 2015, she said we're tra- trained Marxists. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you, you you brought out the tiger in her, <laughs> right? Because you, you said y'all aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have any aims or objectives. You don't have a direction that you're going in. And Patrice Colors was like, "Hold up, <laughs> um, yes, we do." And let me quote again. We don't have the clip. You've heard the clip on this show before. But let me quote again. This is what she said, right, back in 2015, because, you know, you can't do. So she says, quote, the first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological framework. Listen, people, we have an ideological framework. That's why some black lives don't matter to them, Mm. because there is an ideological framework. Mm. Okay, she went on. Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. She said, we are trained Marxists. Now listen, (laughs) she went on. We are super versed on sort of ideological theories. That's why I quoted to you Antonio Gramsci. That's why we have to talk about George Lukacs. That's why we have to talk about Karl Marx. And there's so many people who say, well, that's over my head. I don't get it. These people have studied it. Yes. And what they're doing now (laughs) is implementing it. That's right. And we see it happening right now. (laughs) So you have to know what's going on. You have to understand. So again, when she says we are super versed on sort of ideological theories, she goes on. And I think that we what we really tried to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. In other words, we know where we're going. But what we have done is we have crafted a movement that many people will associate with and many people will join yet ignorant of what our ideological framework is. Mm. Take Mm. a bow. Take a bow. This is what it feels like to be played in America. Yeah. All right. This is what it feels like to exalt skin color and then move in that direction with no anchor. And if you look at, if you go to their website, you'll see a lot of things talking about, you know, how to esteem the black community. They're trying to, but within that, they have some of, even on the website, they have some of the things that they really want to do as well you know so it, and it's and it's kind of like covered or shrouded by like black lives matter and this type of stuff and we're trying to do this for the community and all that but within there if you read it you can see what that vision is what that mission it really Look, is patrice colors has and i don't even want to call it an admission just or even a confession but she has just frankly outright stated she said it. that she has been trained from her youth as a leader uh, or to be a leader, to transmit Marxist theories, um, to this this is their ideological framework. And again, I want you to understand that this is the curriculum that's being received and adopted in public schools, uh, probably not just in North Carolina, probably not just in New York, uh, probably all across this country. Why? Because, <laughs> pause, because people are uninformed. Hmm. People are uninformed. And they've been handed their guilt, they've been handed their oppression, and they want to buy into it. And so what is the ultimate end? The ultimate end is moving toward the type of ideological framework that we've always had. 
Right. And so the people who do the research, this is why I have, you know, and I, I try to bear with people who come at me. You know, how can you say that about BLM? Easy, real easy. Like this is not something that we even need to like. We, we don't need to writhe over this. We don't right. need to twist and feel angst over this. Right. These people have said this and now they want to subject your children to this type of indoctrination. When she talks about being trained at the Community Strategy Center, remember the, the, where they share the mm-hmm. laugh and it's like, oh, that, that's my Eric Mann, you know. <laughs> what are the types of associations that this organization has had? I mean, basically they call what, what they were doing through the Community Strategy Center uh, an urban experiment, an mm. urban experiment. There are ties with Black Panther, with the Black Panther sympathizers. There are ties with the Brown Berets. There, look, the type of violence that we see that's happening in cities all across this country are not accidental. That's a part of the strategy. When the Weather Underground decided in the late 60s and the 70s that civil disobedience was not enough, they said there has to be violence. <laughs> they, there has to be violence. Eric Mann, one of the leaders in this movement in the 60s and 70s, where they were bombing government buildings and police stations, is Patrice Cullors' mentor. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it almost writes like a novel. Like, it, it, it almost is like some sort of sordid, you know, fiction that you would read where, where, you, where you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe the, the, the twists and the turns here. And when we talk about these things, we are dismissed as conspiracy theorists. And let me tell you something. I, I regret, I regret that the church has not done a better job of uh, combating these secular philosophies. I regret that the church has taken her identity and her shape from culture. When we are expressly told Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, not to take the shape of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. And if we cannot understand why we keep losing generations of the church in droves, if we can't see it now, right, there is no other time where this becomes more clear. There is no other time where we will be able to see what is happening the church is hemorrhaging. And when I say that, you know, and, and this would open up a different can of worms that I'm not willing really to, to delve into today. But there are some people who are like, well, you know, those who are with us are going to endure. But, but, but what of the position that God has given you mm-hmm. to stand as a watchman? What of the position that God has given you as mom and dad to say, you know, the enemy may come for my kids, but he's going to have to work really hard. Look, I don't think that educating our children, training them in godliness and righteousness, I don't think that that's like my, my, my golden ticket, you know, where I get, <laughs> we get to go see Wonka. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think <laughs> that the enemy is going to leave him alone. Right. But he's going to have to work really hard. You understand? Yeah. Because I believe that the Lord has installed us to keep watch that he's installed us to train them and to instruct them. And it's amazing because if you look at the genesis of the church, you look at Peter and you look at his, his, his presentation, if you will, or his, his first sermon in acts as the church is forming. He says that this hope, what has happened here 
the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and his ascension, he says that this is for you, for your children and everyone afar off who the Lord's going to call. For you, for your children, it almost assumes that the gospel has to reach your children before it gets anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but why have we found that as like, uh, nobody, you, you know, do we have anybody who wants to teach the kids this Sunday? Hmm. I'm sure we got somebody here in skinny jeans to teach the kids and a cool <laughs> haircut. Anybody with tattoos, anybody. <laughs> and I'm just exaggeration for effect. You guys understand. Look, everybody, all my brothers and sisters with tattoos were like, hey, Mika, it's a joke. <laughs> and then everybody's looking out at their jeans. My jeans are skinny jeans. You understand what I'm saying? Equal opportunity offender. <laughs> Our children are precious. They matter. Amen. Those who rightly handle the word of God should be instructing them, not those who just have extra time. Hmm. All right. We are out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.